This is the Counting on Her podcast, brought to you by the Arizona chapter of WIFS, Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services association with programming created for women by women. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Women in Insurance and Financial Services podcast, uh, the Phoenix, Arizona chapter. Um, today we are interviewing Ali Steya, and she is a younger financial advisor. So she's going to give us a little bit more perspective on this day and age and what that looks like. Tell us a little bit about you, Ali. Sure. Thank you for having me here. So I am a financial planner focused on serving women, especially single women. Myself and my advising partner, her name is Denise McGuire, we actually formed our practice called Well On Your Way just this year, which is exciting. Uh, Both of us are just really passionate about being like a genuine and trusted advisor that single women can go to for financial planning, for financial education, or, you know, if they're just trying to increase their financial literacy. That's what that's what we're here for. Mm. Why women? That's a great question. Well, first and foremost, Every single day, there are more and more women that are in control of wealth, especially single women. On average, women live longer than men, around five to nine years longer. So there are so many women that may not realize this, but at some point in their life, if they're not already the one handling the finances, there's a good chance they will be the one left at some point handling the the finances and being the one in control and making those decisions. Um, And also, there's a lot of studies that show that there's more women when there's like a household. The women usually are the ones making those day-to-day financial decisions. So it's important to bring them into the conversation and make sure that they're a part of that financial planning process. Um, But more than that, for me personally, I just think it's so beneficial to build the community of women supporting other women. Mm -hmm. This you know, we, we see this happening in tons of different industries, but for some reason, I still think there's not enough women that are comfortable having conversations about finance with other women. Mm-hmm. Just one of those topics that we just don't talk enough about. And that's what I try and do. I try and increase those conversations and help women feel more empowered and more secure and just more confident in discussing those and, you know, diving headfirst into it and actually gaining that awareness and figuring it out. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny is that the other day I asked somebody point blank, it was a female, I asked her point blank, how much money do you make? And I could see the, um, ooh, mm-hmm. I, you're asking me a question that I don't feel comfortable asking. And I said, roughly, you don't have to give me, you know, whatever that means to you. Um, so I hear you about that behavior of, of uh, am I okay to talk here? Am I okay to ask? Because um, I even like after, so sorry, I didn't mean to you know, make you uncomfortable. So I know it still feels like it's like a taboo topic sometimes, especially when you talk about like salary and things like that. But for some women, it's just something they may not be interested in. But then if you really think about what finance is, it's so much more than just talking about the stock market and your investments and watching all of that. It's actually like, how are you budgeting on a day-to-day basis? How are you figuring out the cost of things? And how are you planning for your future? And a lot of it has more emotional ties to it. Like, are you? do you want to move? Are you wanting to plan you know, save up money for college for your kids, things like that. So that all is encompassed in financial planning. And you can have really good conversations if we were just more willing and comfortable to start having those with each other. Mm, Very true. I got a question for you. What does money mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. For me, money is a way to live the life that you want to live, to live a a fulfilling life. It's a tool. It's 
the means that we have created as a modern world to help us progress in life and achieve certain goals. So my goal is never to just have as much money as humanly possible. My goal is to, you know, live in a nice house one day, be able to travel, travel the world. And, you know, those experiences are what matters most to me. And the money aspect of it, of course, is necessary in order to achieve those goals. So for me, like my mind is very goal based. So I think about the things that I want in my life. And then when you figure out all, all the details of those, at some point, the money conversation has to enter the room and, you know, you have to figure it out that way. So um, it's a really it's a really great tool to live the life that you want to live. It doesn't have to be a super stressful life. Mm-hmm. Living paycheck to paycheck, direct deposit, right. direct deposit. Yes, yes. That's actually very common in today's world. And it's 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 nice that we're paving a little bit more of the way there to you know, it's our daily conversations with people that really impacts everything. So. And it's one of the three biggest stressors, too. I mean, money is up there. It's one of the biggest reasons that people in relationships argue over. It's it's something that we think about all the time. And I really think that a way to alleviate that stress is to just act. So we have to just take the first step, whether that's looking over our budget or maybe creating a budget for the first time or calling someone that you trust, someone in the industry that you know, and just having a conversation because a lot of people will come to find out that maybe it's not as stressful as as it is in our heads sometimes and that there is a way out. You know, there is a plan that can be made for everyone. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to think about when I'm confused or stressed or I don't know to make a decision is I don't have enough information and that's why I'm stressed. And so to your point, like just talk about it, get more information, um, delve into that knowledge arena. The reason why I think all of us don't make a decision is because we don't have enough info to make a decision. Right. Or we are just bombarded with information, which I think happens a lot too, where Mm -hmm. especially with finance, it can feel like a third or not a third language, a foreign language Mm -hmm. where, you know, we don't even know where to begin. We're getting all this content all the time from our phones, from the internet, from each other, and we don't even know where to begin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just good to find I, I like to find like a another human being to talk to and that you trust and just start there and then hi. <laughs> see where you go Valor Valiente nice to meet you <laughs> yes hi <laughs> <laughs> well then I gotta ask you too like speaking of um like your phone and kind of being inundated with that information because we do live in the Google era and Google as much as it's fantastic it's also just flood it's a flood so what's it like being a younger financial advisor today it's really fun. <laughs> there, uh, one of the most interesting things about being kind of new in this industry is to see the contrast between what my peers talk to me about in terms of finances and what I hear in the office I work at and the older clients that I work with. Um, for instance, you know, with my peers, and it's not even just my peers. I also see this sometimes with um, older clients as well. But it's mostly younger people in their twenties that are. No surprise here, obsessed with the cr- cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Dogecoin. There's so many of them at this point. And it's fascinating how fearless my peers are. And, you know, they may not have their emergency money saved up quite yet. They don't they don't really have a full foolproof, foolproof financial plan figured out yet, but they will take five hundred dollars of their paycheck and invest it in cryptocurrency, which you know, is I I admire their optimism and their eagerness to try new things. I think that's a really great trait of my generation. But Bitcoin is one of the riskiest investments and they're skipping so many steps in the financial planning process before you even get to those kinds of investments. So no, you're right. it's like um, throwing a baby into a pool of sharks. I get it, it is. It yeah. is. And I have a theory of 
I have two reasons why I think that my peers are the way that they are in that way. Um, one is that, you know, we're young and we still feel kind of invincible. The stock market still feels like a game. And we're like, oh, we have so much time left to recover from anything. Let's just see what happens, um, which, you know, I understand that. Um, but I think one of the main reasons why, too, is when I think about, say, 2008, like the horrible financial crisis, I was 12 years old, so I surely didn't understand what a tragedy it was. I didn't feel the effects of it. It was, I didn't even know what was happening. I was, I was outside playing with neighborhood friends and, you know, I was definitely not looking at the stock market. Um, and so people my age and ever, ever since then, we haven't had anything as bad as 2008. Mm -hmm. So as a result, my peers and I, we haven't like when, when we became adults and we became more aware of the stock market. Everything hasn't been, you know, everything's been pretty good. It hasn't been too hectic. We, you put money in it and then it grows. So mm -hmm. far, that's kind of what's, what's been happening. That so, ball, man. Yeah. Finance yeah. is so much more of a psychology than a science. And I think our approach to it is on an individual level based on how our experience with the stock market was during our, you know, formative years of when you're in your twenties and thirties. So, mm -hmm. and I think that totally defines what your risk tolerance is. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that my peers are like, sure, let's invest in Bitcoin, see what happens because we've never felt um, yeah. a really big decline yet since, you know, 2008. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. And then the other reason is, you know, we're in, we're still in, and I think we will be in forever, the smartphone era where we can just download an app, put it on our phones and figure it out ourselves. We don't need to speak face to face with someone. We can just follow the steps on the app and just, you know, see what happens with it, which, you know, I think is good. I think it's great that we are kind of that do it yourself mentality. But a lot of times there's a lack of, um, you know, education and knowledge that surrounds that, that might be worth it to instead, you know, speak to speak to someone in the industry, figure out what's going on. Um, so, so yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. How does it differ from like your parents or your grandparents? Yeah, so it's two, it, it's like on, we're on two ends on, of the <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> um, so like I said, I have like my peers that are investing in like cryptocurrency or at least asking me tons of questions about it. And then there's my parents and my grandparents that and their, you know, friend group, their social group are still like carrying cash around and they're still maybe keeping cash under a mattress or in a box or they have their collectibles that are worth a lot tucked away in a closet that they're going to give to their heirs, you know? So mm -hmm. totally different. I don't even carry cash. I have, I don't think, I don't remember the last time I had even a single dollar bill in my wallet. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting to see the difference. Um, but again, it all has to do with the perspective of the stock market. You know, my grandparents have gone through mm -hmm. so much more and have seen so much more volatility with the market than I have. So there, it makes sense that they're a little bit more wary of that and are, as a result, they're going to be more likely to have conversations with me about maybe safer investments. They're maybe more biased towards bonds and they really believe in the power of bonds to generate income for them versus growth in the stock market. So mm -hmm. totally different conversations, uh, but it makes sense. It's all based on, you know, your experience and how that has shaped your your personal risk it tolerance. Is. Absolutely, it is. Um, so then I'm going to go into how does it differ from women? Like, let's talk about the average 20-year-old that we, you know, seem to hang out with. Like, mm -hmm. do they, what's that conversation like for them? Do they feel more empowered? Like what you're saying? Yeah. So women are rock stars. <laughs> I, was, I would like to start with that. <laughs> and I, there's so many reasons why within the financial realm, 
women, uh, so even with like younger women, so women my age, we're already more likely to be better at financial planning. Um, we're way less likely to get caught up in what's called viral investing. So if you remember like GameStop, where mm -hmm. you just get a bunch of people together, you share it on social media, and suddenly the company, the price of this company's stock just skyrockets. Mm -hmm. Women are way less likely to get involved in that, and they're more likely to ask questions like, what is my 401k plan at work, and am I contributing enough, and how am I, I have some student loan debt, how should I be paying that off when I want to buy a house in the next couple of years? So things like that, and those are amazing questions. And from, you know, from a research standpoint, women actually outperform men in returns by around 1% or so, mm -hmm. just because they're more likely to have the discipline to stay, you know, just like yeah. hold it long term rather than, you know, change it and hear what's going on and try and capitalize on the next big thing. So mm -hmm. I really think that women have an edge in investing and they are like the epitome of a rational and smart investor if they're just willing to enter into the conversation and you know, just start to start to start. Literally yeah. Start. Yeah. Literally just start. Exactly. <laughs> so what advice would you give to any woman, but especially a younger woman? Like if she's sitting, if I'm sitting in front of you and I don't know anything about finance, what would you say to me? I would say to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask whatever question you think is relevant. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're afraid to ask questions because we think that we yeah, sound stupid. like stupid. Yeah. Or that we feel like we should know because maybe like the, the person next to us is just spouting off all kinds of information about the stock market and then we think oh should i have known about that am i at this point in my life am i supposed to have that awareness i don't know so really just ask questions there's no stupid question i my favorite thing is to just meet with people and sit with them for a long time and just bring that financial education that's one of my favorite things to do is to just break down these like scary topics into approachable easy to digest concepts um, another thing i would say is to try to educate yourself as much as possible. There's so many good books out there. Um, instead of, you know, like maybe watching the news or like seeing what what's happening on social media in terms of all the financial madness that can happen there, like with the viral investing, I would say like try to find um, more of like a planning based book. So my favorite book that really helped me was called The Broke Millennial. <laughs> it's by um, it's by Aaron Lowry, and it's so, so good for just foundational knowledge. Just understand, like, the basics of budgeting, saving, and then how investment and what a portfolio you know, figuring is. out a right portfolio, exactly. portfolio for you and how that fits in with everything. What a portfolio is. Exactly. Yeah, it totally breaks it down in a way that's super easy to understand. I really love that book. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're – if you're at a job that has benefits, learn about your 401k plan if that's what you have with your, with your job. Um, studies show that women are more educated about what type of plan they have at work, but they are still contributing less than their male counterparts mm -hmm. for some reason. And then as a result, the balance is over time. That's why we see women usually have less save for retirement than men. But if you just start early and understand your plan and budget out your expenses appropriately, then we could try and curb curb that a little bit and uh, start saving in those. So yeah, just learning about what your 401k plan is. And that's a great starting point for investments. That's usually the first exposure that people have, um, especially younger people have to investing and growing their money, things like that. Yeah, it's astounding when I ask somebody too about their 401k and they go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You don't know where your money, what, what's going on there. 
right? And I actually like encountered a situation where someone had been saving money in their 401k for years and they were just about ready to retire and they realized the entire time all of the money they saved in their 401k plan was sitting in cash. They never actually invested the money that was in their 401k plan. It ended up being a really, I mean, of course, we were able to figure out a plan for her. But can you imagine? I mean, it's just understanding that the 401k is the type of account and then you put money into the account. And then once it's inside, you can choose the investment. So just, you know, trying to get that awareness is so, so important. Yes. Yes. Mm. I feel you. I feel you. Oh, so how do people sit down with you today? Yeah, so I try and be super accessible. So I have a website, number one, if you want to just check out our website. It's raymondjames.com slash well on your way. Um, but you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. If you just search my name, um, Ali Stea, then you can connect with me. We can chat there. And I, if you're in the area, you know, if you're in Arizona, then I am would be totally happy to meet with you, talk about anything you want, answer any questions. So something that I love, I love to do. I feel like our coffee hours are the best hours of my week. I really just like sitting and just, hey, I don't know. Maybe you know, you know, so it means a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking today. It's been an honor hearing from the younger professional. So uh, and thank you for supporting women. It's so important and, and we love you and thank you. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the insurance and financial services industry. Visit WIFSnational.com.